Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable, and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease, and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body, and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more, and we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey, and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field, that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are, because together, we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. Because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, my guest is Robin Johnson, and she has parkmagic.com. She's going to tell us everything you need to know to plan a trip to Disney. And I know that it can be complicated. I planned one for myself and my daughter and one of her friends a few years ago. We got there, and I did not realize that I needed a park hopper pass to do two different things. So I'm hoping that she can clarify that with you and tell you where to go to make the most out of your Disney trip so you're not going, oh, I wish I had done that differently. So Robin, thanks for joining us. And I can't wait for you to share how we can get the most out of our Disney trip. Well, and that's exactly why we need Park Magic is, you know, you shouldn't have to have an MBA in Disney studies in order to have a vacation, but everything's all over the place. And Disney doesn't do a really great job. And so uh, they do a lot of great job at a lot of things, but making it so it's clear on what you need to do and what has to be and what's a bonus. So we wanted to create things. And also my son has food allergies. My daughter has some sensory things. So we wanted to help make some tools, especially for parents that may we have neurodivergency or food allergies or some other uh, like special need or disability that they are worried about how they would be able to manage Disneyland, help get them the information. And just for the regular person to be able to see, okay, these are the things that I need to reserve. And these are the things that I can play by ear because you know doing a little extra planning before can completely change the way that your Disney trip goes. I agree. So let's just start from the beginning. So we want to take a family to Disney, right? It's already expensive. So if you can navigate this stuff, not only will it make your trip more pleasant, it'll also probably help save you money. And so I love that you brought up the food allergies because we have the same thing. And it was hard to find food that we could eat in the parks. Yes, yeah, so we created a tool called Picky Mickey where you can say, show me all of the gluten, labeled gluten-free food in the park, or my kid will only eat chicken nuggets, or my kid will only eat french fries. And you can find all of the places. And for, you know, maybe mom, where do they serve wine because I'm stressed? <laughs> and where, what wine do they serve at each location? Um, and for dads, you know, beers and cocktails. So it allows you to search for individual items and then also to search in individual rides. So you can say, you know, um, we're going with grandma. She doesn't, uh, she's claustrophobic. What rides do we need to avoid so grandma doesn't have a panic attack on the finding Nemo subs because I've done that with grandma. It's not fun. I would not recommend it to a friend. No, absolutely not. And you're right. It's better if you can plan this stuff ahead of time, it's much easier than trying to find it when you're tired, your kids are hungry, and you're trying to figure out what is going to work for everyone. So I think that that is amazing. So tell us what we do. Kind of walk us through. We get to parkmagic.com. What are we looking for when we get there? Do we start out before we plan the trip? Or do we, you know, decide what we're going to do? When's the best time to go to your site? If you can start before 
four, we have a couple things that will help you save money. So we have a course that walks you through some of the things that you need to know. And then we have a ticket calculator that will tell me, you know, sometimes people will try to be trying to decide, do we go two days? Do we go three days? Do we get a park hopper? And so you can compare different ticket types and we'll actually show you of the authorized dealers, uh, like well-known authorized dealers on the web, where's the best deal for you? Because Disney tickets are not refundable, but with COVID and airplane delays, sometimes you need more flexibility. So we have one vendor that allows you to refund those tickets with a like a 5% restock fee. So if you know, maybe you have somebody that has health issues, you might have to cancel or maybe plans are less settled. You might want to use that vendor instead. So we help you with that. And then we kind of walk you through some of the things that you do need reservations for. You do need anything where you sit down to have a, and have a waiter, you're going to need a reservation for. And that includes any of those character breakfasts that maybe you went to as a kid and we just strolled up because it was like Disneyland in the easy times. Mm -hmm. uh, now you have to have a reservation for all of those. And some of them are really awesome. And uh, same with like building lightsabers and getting the the princess makeover, the Bippity Boppity Boutique. We kind of walk you through each of those things and some things that we've seen be an issue for people. So in our trip magic, we take you through each step. You can skip the steps that aren't necessary. But in like, for example, if you, you say you need a wheelchair, we'll let you know that wheelchairs, especially the motorized ones, sell out at Disneyland very often. So you probably want to go through a third party and we have some course, you know, some videos explaining why. So this way you don't end up kind of getting stuck or, you know, being put in a situation where you spend all this money and you're not able to really enjoy. That's, yeah, I didn't even think about needing a wheelchair. So that is, that is something that is great. And yeah, like you said, I haven't been to Disney since before COVID. So I don't even know what's changed since then. And I mean, I think that this would be great. I wish that I had had this because I definitely just, we just were winging it. The thing that sometimes people will talk to people who love Disney and they're like, why do you have such a different experience? And if you know Disney, you know what, I need to get on this ride early in the morning because the line gets long or it breaks down often. So we have some recommendations and stuff for that. And you can actually kind of help you plan your day. We even have like preloaded itineraries that you can use for your trip that says like, if you're a thrill seeker, these are the rides you want to go on. And they kind of give you like an overall recommendation of the order. This way it helps you to identify what needs to be done sooner and what can be done later and some tips on, you know, how to save some money, you know? So whether it's, you know, going during a different time, or it could be staying at a hotel that's off property, or even something simple, like making sure you know that you can get free glasses of water instead of refilling your water bottles or okay. buying water bottles. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And so there's a couple of other things that happen there. So like the pin trading, do you have any information on there about how to do that and what you would recommend? That's, we're actually in the process of adding that module onto our course because pin trading is something that we do with my son and I, my son, my kids are kind of like a little bit on the shyer side. And so it was really great as little kids. Uh, if you don't know how pin trading works at Disney, uh, if you give your kids, you buy some pens for your kids. And then if they go to a cast member, or one of those boards, they can trade and the cast members have to say yes. Right. So it was a really great way for my kids to practice asking things from adults and kind of seeing that those, that can be a, a fun experience and kind of building up some of those core memories and that muscle of being able to make requests to adults. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That is when your kids are more on the shyer side, that is a good way to get them to go up to strangers and ask them. <laughs> 
right? Because we're telling them, no, don't talk to strangers, but here it's okay. <laughs> and we're giving parameters, right? We're saying they need to have a cast member badge. They need to have lanyards on them or they need to have a pin board behind them. The same, and the, we, there's some things that you can do for, you, you do want to think about safety, even at Disney. Um, we went with a friend recently and we sewed a little air tag into her pocket. I used to write my kids, uh, I, write, I would write my cell phone number like on their upper part of their sleeve where they would cover under their shirt. So it's like if they, if they got lost, they could get connected again. And I made temporary tattoos when my daughter was <laughs> with my name and phone number on it in case she got lost. Cause I, I lost her at great America at a water park. So oh, I took her out of the stroller, set her down, turned back around to lock the stroller and she was gone. And so, <laughs> I mean, it, it happened just like that. So that was one of my biggest fears when we went to Disney because it's even bigger than <laughs> Great America was in Wisconsin. So yeah, I would make temporary tattoos and stick on her, but air tags sewn in the pocket. That's a really good idea as well. They didn't have those back then, but. I know things that they weren't around when my kids were little. And then we, we put another air tag in her stroller. This way, if her stroller accidentally, and one little tip that can save you a lot of time is put a little ribbon or something on your stroller. So, uh, cause Disney will move the strollers around. And if you have one of the really popular strollers, you can get frustrated having a trouble finding it. So making something, adding something to make your stroller distinct can help save you a little bit time here and there between attractions. That, yeah, that's another amazing tip. I know we do that for our luggage when it's coming out, but I yes. never thought about doing that for the stroller, but that's a really great idea. So one more question. I totally lost my train of thought there for a minute. So if you're doing park hopper, so it, do you say like, what's the best thing to do if you want to do more than one park in one day, or is it better to stick with one park one day and do another park another day? What's your suggestion on that? I would say if you're doing two days or less, do one park per day, unless your kids are really little, like your oldest is less than five. Because California Venture has a lot of attractions now. And it's a lot of things that people like walk right by. Like there's this really cool playground with like ropes and a tire swing called Redwood, Redwood Creek Challenge. Uh, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, if, if you're doing, I would only really do recommend park hoppers. If you, if you come to the parks all the time and you already know what you want to hit, or you're doing three days or more because there's, you're not going to finish both parks in two days more than likely. And if you, if, if you're doing three or four days, it can make more sense. And the way that Disney structures those park hoppers, it's actually cheaper. It's only like two or three dollars difference, uh, in cost sometimes to do a two day park hopper versus a three day one park per. And in reality, you'd be spending more time in Disneyland. So it'd be better to do Disneyland, California Adventure, Disneyland. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. And then do you have like age groups? Like if you have kids that are from three to six or you have kids that are from like teenagers, do you have that listed that way? So you know yeah. what options to go to? So we have like a small ride and then like a thrill ride. And then and we have a tool called Ride Find where you can filter out anything that, you know, filter out all the rides that the, if your child is 40 inches, then, you know, anything that's above 40 inches, it doesn't really matter because we can't participate in those or maybe you're not interested in those and you can filter down. So if you're somebody who doesn't do spinning rides, you can filter out and save the attractions you want to go on. And then that kind of helps you create kind of a checklist so you don't get at the end of the day and realize you missed an attraction you're really looking forward to. That's awesome. But I, like I said, I wish that I had that. I, I looked at the website and was looking at all the different things and that it's really amazing. And I'm, I'm so happy that you found me and reached out and we could talk about this because you're right. It, it can be very stressful if you ha- 
don't go very often or if you haven't been in a long time planning this stuff. And it also depends like if you're by yourself or you go with a group of people because then some people want to go this way and some people want to go this way. And then you spend a lot of time deciding where you're going to go. So I think planning it out ahead of time is genius. And we actually even have a section in the course about who do you want to bring? Because the more people you bring, the slower you'll move. Now, it's great to have grandma and you can split up and great memories. So it's not saying don't bring a big group. But if you're like, how many rides can I get in today? Bringing a group of 20 is going to create your own personal hell uh, because everybody's got to stop at the bathroom at different times. It's almost impossible to get reservations for about more than six or eight people. You'd have to kind of split them into groups. So it makes things a lot easier if you're going with a smaller group. If you're going with a larger group, then sometimes it's good to say, we're going to meet up. We're going to, you know, we're all going to meet up at 10. So the people who want to get there at Park Open can start riding rides. We're going to go to a couple rides all together, go get lunch together, see a show. And then we're going to split up again for a while. And, you know, well, maybe the little ones go take a nap. Kind of make that plan where it's okay to separate because otherwise it can really cause some like hurt feelings and people feeling left out. Having open and honest conversations about what grandma is not able to do or even what, you know, somebody within your group that might have anxiety that might find the park overstimulating and might need a little bit more downtime during the day. Yeah, and that's great advice. And then, and then also the thing that I didn't know is the parades happen at different times. If you want a lighted parade or a different parade, so being able to get that information ahead of time and decide if you want to go to those things as well, because that was something that my daughter always liked. But I, again, I'm not a very good plan ahead kind of person. I fly with <laughs> pants and I wish that I had planned for this. Well, and that's kind of, you know, we wanted to make it so you could quickly see these are the parade, you know, you can kind of add things to your plan. And then if the show times change or something, you have access to get to those links right away to see. Because even in app, we even show you which direction the parade is coming because, you know, it comes down from, it goes back and forth between Small World and Main Street. And so sometimes you might pick a really great seat, not realizing that, uh, you know, that the parade's going to be coming from the other direction. Or, you know, your kids might be getting impatient wanting to know where the six o'clock parade is. If you're at the end of their route, it's going to be more like a 6.30 parade. So you probably want to go buy them a churro or a pretzel or a frozen banana, something to help kind of keep them busy during that time period. Yeah, that is really good advice. So what other advice would you have in planning a Disney trip if you if you haven't been before? So the biggest thing is, is I would start to think about what kind of things do you want to do? Do you want to do rides or attractions? The biggest mistake that I see in this post-TikTok world is people feel like they have to do everything. Their trip is going to be ruined if they don't get to go to Blue Bayou. We went, you know, as kids, we, we didn't know all of these things existed. We didn't see all these videos ahead of time. You know, do the research, you know, and finding out, okay, if you know your kids are into princesses, you know, look at the character meet and greets. Do you want to do the princess uh, breakfast, which is incredibly expensive, but also one of the best Disney experiences out there, right up there with the lightsabers, well worth the money if you have that kind of discretionary income. But the other thing to, you know, insert like limiting down and say, okay, everybody pick three things that are your must do. There's going to be a lot of overlap. And then you, you try to create this like a list of like maybe like eight things that everybody, you know, that are things that everybody's committed to doing. And and then just know everything else is gravy. I've been at Disneyland so many times where kids are playing and they're having the best time on one of the little playgrounds they have there. And I hear from the corner, like around the corner, I didn't pay a thousand dollars for you to play on a slide. And I totally get that. You know, we came so that they could meet Mickey and do all of these things. But my kids, when Toontown reopened as a 
2016, my son was super excited because he's like, that playground, I remember playing on that playground and it was so much fun. Mom, remember playing on the piano with me? Like, so sometimes the things that we don't think, in fact, I, you know, when he, he was two, I was like dead set we were going to go ride, car, or no, he was like four. We were four and I was dead set we were going to ride the new Cars attraction. And that was going to be the thing that he loved because he was really into cars. He hated that ride. He had nightmares for once, but he loved Toontown and he loved some of these other attractions. So just make sure to leave room for some magic. Yes, we want to plan. Yes, we want to think about how, you know, what, so you don't miss something that's important. And any attractions that are a must ride, we want to do them earlier in the day because some rides, especially Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Rise of Resistance, and uh, Radiator Springs Racers, they can go down during the day, which makes the lines longer. So if there's something that you can't, you won't not be complete unless you ride, make sure you do those first. And if possible, try to make sure you're in that park for more than one day, just in case it does go down. That's definitely good advice. And I know when my daughter was two, we did take her to the park. And I remember so many people saying, why are you going to spend that money? She's not going to remember it. She doesn't remember it, but we remember it. And that's mm-hmm. what she was so much into princesses. And we rode a few rides, but we did mostly the character meet and greets because she was just such in awe. And each experience after that was different because she liked different things. So I would tell people that I think it's definitely worth it. That's one of the best vacations we had when she was little because we got to see just the excitement on her eyes because she was so much into the character. So once she got older, she wasn't into that it's there's a different kind of magic at each age group and so you know even when you bring a one or two year old seeing them sometimes people will hate on the tiki room but you take a one-year-old into the tiki room and you will experience the magic of the tiki room because for them that is life-changing and watching their expressions i love watching little ones in there then they get into characters you know you might get into the shows marvel uh, seeing spider-man fly through the sky i mean there's a lot of really cool things that you can't expect experience anywhere else in the world and make sure if you're taking your little ones make sure you just watch you can get some video of them just running excited in the park or you know like happy and bouncing i watched that video of my daughter on her first roller coaster probably once a month it's like one of my favorite things but she had this like disney run that was like extra skippy when she was really little and so for me those are some of my core memories are taking them when they're too little to remember and now that they're old enough to remember now they're excited to share that with other people they're like, hey, we haven't gone with Auntie so-and-so. Can we show her Disney the way we like to do Disney? Yeah, I, and I think that that is a really good point. I think one of my favorite core memories is after we watched Tinkerbell come down from the castle, she fell asleep on her dad's shoulder, and it's him holding her with her sucking her fingers and asleep. I think that that is my favorite picture ever from being at the park. And then when she got a little bit older, they had the Pirates and Princesses, which they shut down the park just for that. And so she got to ride the, the barnstormer. Like, because there weren't very many people there, they didn't even make her get off. They just kept letting her go around and around and around. So she went around 10 times without even having to get off. So that was a totally different trip from that one. So I think that that's, that's a good point to bring up is that each time you go, it's different because your kids are at different ages. So it's not the same every time you go. It's not the same experience. And I've literally been hundreds of times and I still haven't done everything. You know, there's always some new experience or a new attraction or like you've walked past this thing because it looked 
it's boring. And then your kids hit a different stage. And then, you know, my son is really, really interested in history now. So he gets really, he's probably the only teenager on the planet that gets really excited for Abraham Lincoln, uh, great moments with Abraham Lincoln and Hall of Presidents and those things. But that's my kid. And I love him for that. So the, there'll be things that are interesting to your kids at different times. We went once and my kids just got obsessed with pe pressed pennies. And, you know, we went around the park doing pressed pennies and that's one of their favorite memories. And they didn't, I don't think they even did any rides that day. Yeah. And like you said, there's so much to do. So you just have to see like, what is it that your kids are into before you go to the park? Because yeah, like you could just do that. Like that one year we just did autographs and press pennies. That would be awesome to do something like that. And then the one time we just did rides and then another time we did pins. So, cause she was very much into, she wanted a Dumbo pin. She loved Dumbo. And so we went until we found a cast member that had a Dumbo pin. And so it's, I think that it's really good that you come, if you come into it, knowing that that's part of what Disney does is they make these little magical moments you can't plan for. So you can't plan that Peter Pan's going to be in fantasy land when you're in fantasy land and that he might take your kid's hand and run him to go do him to the Mad Hatter. Um, but that's something that you, your kids will remember. And so if your kids are really into a specific character, dress, have them like a dress up or uh, like a ears or something, because if you're dressed as Tinkerbell, Peter Pan's going to pay a little extra attention to you. Yes, absolutely. And my daughter was into JoJo Circus. I don't think, but I don't think that was Disney. I think that was Universal Studios, maybe. <laughs> and she grabbed her hand and walked her and she was just so excited about the character grabbing her hand and taking her on a walk. And, you know, they just like, you know, and there's so many fun things for even your adults. If you're just going as an adult, there's this bar called Trader Sam's where you order different drinks and one drink causes a shipwreck and one drink causes a volcano to explode. And so there's all these really cool experiences to kind of keep discovering. There's a drink at Star Wars Land in the bar called Ovis Cantina where you drink it and it makes your lips turn numb. So, you know, there's just all of these really cool, fun things to continue to explore. And all of that is on your website, all things that you might not know. Yes. Yes. So we have a lot, you know, a lot, you know, all of those different things and some of the things that, you know, like if you want to build a lightsaber, there's two ways to do it. One is like the plastic ones, no reservations. And we talked about that. But if you want to do the like get a kyber crystal and this tells you the level of Star Wars that you need because you know what, you know, you pick your kyber crystal, you pick it. And then it is, I mean, I cried when my son did it. He was, I think like, I think he was probably like 12 or 13 at the time. And I totally cried because he was so, it was like, he kind of is a serious, like I kind of kid. And for that moment, he was so into it. He could feel the force. And I think that's what I love about it. Now I get to, even as 16 year olds, I get these little moments where I get to see that kid that I loved and I love being a part of like he gets to resurface for a couple of minutes. That's awesome. And thank you so much for creating this because I think that it's definitely an amazing experience if you have something like this to guide you through. So what other things would you recommend for parents planning a trip for their family. The biggest thing is if you're on the fence, bring the stroller. It's You should plan on walking anywhere from 5 to 12 miles a day. And then unless you work only with 20-year-olds, it's going to sound counterintuitive, but to spend the most time in the parks 
as long as it's the, a day where the park is open till 10 or midnight, get there when the park opens, leave around one, and then take a nap, go to watch some TV, relax in the pool or the hot tub, come back refreshed. And then because the lines are the shortest when the park opens and people talk about rope drop, but it's gotten a little crazy because people talk about rope drop so much. At rope, at the end of the day, the app doesn't update as quickly on, they don't want to advertise the lines are getting so much shorter, but they get a lot shorter. It's a lot less intense. So if you're a night owl, plan on staying until the park closes. And the only way to do that is to really make sure you take that nap. So I'll tell you most hardcore Disney adults I do were hard informed, hard believers in the nap. So take a nap. And then the last thing is that I would say, make sure you talk to your kids and ask, you know, like, you know, there's so much on YouTube right now. You can just watch some YouTube playlists. If you have a child with any kind of sensory thing, I highly recommend watching the video ride throughs. It helps reduce anxiety over what will happen on the ride. And, you know, my daughter has some sensory issues. We bring some earphones to kind of help bring mask out the noise. And if your child is a picky eater, bring backup food because as they get more tired from all of that stimulation, it can kind of be to the point where they don't want to try. They're not as open to trying a different shaped French fry, but we even have that on Picky Mickey, what shape the French fries are in, because we know for some kids, a crinkle fry is not a fry. And we know for some kids, you know, the spiral fries, they're not, they're not fries. And so this way you don't walk halfway across the park and then realize when you get your order that your kid's not going to eat that food. Oh yeah, that is definitely a good point. And do they let you bring food into the park? Yes, you can bring food in as long as it's in a soft-sided cooler, no, no glass, and any ice can't be loose. So that means you need to put it in a sandwich bag or something else. They just don't want ice all over the park. Glass is obviously a hazard and no alcohol uh, and no smoking in the parks for obvious reasons. But, you know, I usually will, we'll do breakfast in the hotel. We'll do protein shakes, granola bars, oatmeal, those kinds of things. And then we'll do lunch in the, you know, either lunch in the park or we'll get Uber Eats while we're back at the hotel. And then you can, you know, do a, you know one nicer meal. The character, if your kids like characters and you don't want to stand in line, the character meals are so great. Just make sure, on our site, we have a little bit of like what characters are included because, for example, at Goofy's Kitchen, Mickey's not there. It's mostly Goofy, Minnie, Mickey, Chip, and Dale. So this way you can just prep them saying, these are the characters we think that we'll see. And there's never promised your kids we're going to for sure ride anything or see anything. We're always going to try because Disney is very safety conscious. And if their ride is potentially not safe even a little bit, they're going to close it down. Okay. But that's a good point. Thanks for sharing that. So, I think that wasn't oversharing. I just get too no, excited. No, no, no. I think this is great because it's a, there's a lot of things that I didn't think about. So I think it's awesome that you're sharing this stuff. So I did mention your site, but tell us again, how can our viewers find you? So if you go to parkmagic.com, so P-A-R-K-M-A-G-I-C.com. Right now we're only for Disneyland, but we're looking to expand to Disney World shortly. And so right now, you know, you can, you can search, you can build trips. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to email me at hello at parkmagic.com. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience and your site and just helping people have happy memories with their family. I think that's amazing. Thank you. I'm, this is a, it's a fun passion project and something you really, really enjoy. So thanks for getting giving me a chance to share about it. I appreciate it. And, you know, once you expand, we'll do another one and talk more about what you have on the site. All right. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. 
Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious. <laughs>